0: Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to The Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and my colleague and friend and expert is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have a special guest, John Kiernan, who's an analyst with Wallet WalletHub. And wallethub.com does a fantastic and uh, just a very diverse supply of surveys in all different worlds but lately they've been doing a lot of bit that have uh, taken my interest in about vehicles and driving and different things and so today we're going to talk to John about the best and worst cities to drive in so welcome to our show John what's going on in your world
1: uh, thanks for having me. Uh, nothing, nothing much. I'm going
0: to the All-Star Game tonight. Oh, I, fantastic. For you. We should talk about the All-Star Game instead of cars. <laughs> That'd be even <laughs> yeah. better. So, be <laughs> so John, um, you're an analyst with, with Wallet Hub, and, and can you kind of give us an overview of um, the survey that I read? Uh, at, and you guys do, like I mentioned earlier, all different shapes and sizes of surveys. Tell us uh, the, um, the background of the one about the worst and best cities in which to drive.
1: Sure. Um, So WalletHub is a personal finance website, and we we offer a lot of tools uh, to consumers, such as free credit scores and reports, um, and kind of personalized uh, credit improvement and credit card advice. But we also have um, a lot of educational studies and reports, and we'd like to do um, kind of data, numbers-based analysis on things that affect people's wallets and kind of that people do a lot. Um, And so one of these um, is is driving? Summer's obviously a popular time for for road trips and vacations, um, and just kind of obviously the the standard driving about town. So we took a look at uh, the hundred uh, most populous U.S. cities uh, in terms of 29 metrics that kind of speak to four overall dimensions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. Um, four overall dimensions of kind of the how good a city and friendly can be in terms of driving. Um, we looked at the cost of ownership and maintenance, traffic and infrastructure, safety, um, and then access to vehicles and maintenance. Um, so we put that all together and we came up with kind of a, a final ranking of the 100 biggest U.S. cities. And just to kind of real quick go over the top few. Yes. Um, the best ones on our list came out as Raleigh North Carolina Corpus Christi Texas Orlando Florida Greensboro North Carolina Plano Texas um, and then a few more from actually North Carolina and Texas um, and there're kind of a variety of reasons why those particular cities ranked um, so highly kind of if you look at the the individual metrics we we examined in the categories they kind of have a range of rankings um, Raleigh is, uh, best in terms of uh, cost of ownership and maintenance. Um, so it doesn't t- cost a whole lot to buy a car or maintain it. Um, Corpus Christi on the other hand is uh, top, tops in um, traffic and infrastructure. So these each of the cities kind of has their own, um, has their own things going for it.
0: Gotcha, now John, if I'm a member of the public and I'm on Wallet Hub and I look at this survey, what kind of feedback have you had from let's say have you had heard from the chamber of commerce for example from raleigh north carolina or from the public have you had a lot of feedback on in terms of what this means to the to the average citizen who maybe they're considering moving to raleigh or maybe for some other reason what kind of feedback have you had
1: um yeah i mean i think people kind of respond well to these uh studies and reports um especially kind of the things that really affect their daily life like driving and also kind of pitting one area against another people are competitive they like to see how their area compares to all the others Um, people who are maybe sitting kind of in traffic a lot um, and frustrated about how their city ranks um, will kind of maybe look longingly at some of the the cities at the top of the list but we definitely um from time to time do get kind of responses from uh local governments who are either kind of happy about how they perform in a in a study and and want to um kind of publicize that or um we also get from time to time some people who are angry about how they rank but um we basically just try to let the numbers guide us um and not try to like Take too much too much of a side, um, but I think this is definitely something that people can relate to. Everyone's been stuck in a traffic jam because of a, a construction project, or just getting kind of tired of the day-to-day commute. Um, so it's something that everyone's familiar with.
2: Hey John, I was just curious. I I can picture things like uh, simple things, like if uh, the gas is cheaper in Texas, that's a good thing, or. You know, there's data on wait time for commute times. Are those, are, mm-hmm. those are two things I can think of. What other type of things are there? Where do you grasp these numbers?
1: Yeah, so we looked at uh, a bunch of different stuff. Like, one of the kind of more minor things, I guess, is how often it rains. You're more likely to get in an accident when it's raining. Um, we looked at how many hours uh, people spend in congestion while they're commuting, uh, the likelihood of accidents, Um, We also looked at things like um, how many auto repair shops there are per capita, um, car theft rates, um, how clean people's cars are. So like, I guess this just goes to the aesthetics of driving around. Um, So there are a lot of different things that can kind of contribute to all, but we also looked at how much parking costs, um, how much those auto repair shops that I mentioned charge. Um, so we kind of put it all together, but there, there are more things that you might think that that can affect kind of how pleasurable a, a drive in a given city is. There's um, things like scenery are kind of a little harder to um, take into account, but things like um, the driver satisfaction of people who use Waze, we took that data into account. Uh, the quality of bridges and roads. Um, alternative fuel stations, for example, if you need um, to charge an electric car, I think that's a big sure, issue yeah. for people who have taken that step. Is having a few charging stations, at least outside of kind of like the
2: Silicon Valley hotspots, where there's a Tesla every two cars. Right. Well, yeah, in Sacramento, where I live, there's there's a lot of charging stations and. A lot of good things, but maybe my dirty car kind of pulled the, the
1: data down because <laughs> you didn't you didn't mention I mean, Sacramento. <laughs> it's it's like the same thing with a house. If you have an ugly house on the block, you don't like that because it might bring your your property value down. That's a little more tangible than this one. But I think uh, if you're only driving around, kind of beat up dirty cars and might kind of uh,
0: bring down your morale a little bit right John uh, when you do a study like this then and, and first of all when did this on this particular study when did this one come out and and what is the, the time frame when you guys did start to crunch numbers and and collect all these um, all this information in that whole bunch of different areas what how long does the survey take and and uh, and when did this one come out yeah,
1: this one came out uh, July 10th <clears throat> and so it they, they take varying amounts. We have kind of almost, we have a number of different people who work on various aspects of it. So we have um, kind of some statisticians statisticians who are crunching the numbers. Um, and then we also kind of have some writers and editorial staff who kind of put together the study. Um, so it, it it comes together over time. A lot of the issue with, with some of these studies is the availability of data. Um, so a lot of things... The data isn't kind of updated that frequently, um, and you have to kind of look around for, for a, a reputable source. We try to use government sources as much as we can, and then also just kind of very reputable industry sources. That's probably the hardest part. Um, and, and also, kind of, we take a lot of time in the beginning to really think about what kind of framework will allow us to really determine the best and the worst for whatever the topic is. Um, we're, we're pretty thoughtful about kind of what metrics we put in um, and how they're, they're kind of combined because um, we, we want the data to, to kind of be the star, if you will, but, um, but we want it to kind of highlight the most important things.
0: Gotcha. Now, in terms of the the dubious side of the picture, what are the whatever number you have in front of you that you want to go through the the worst uh, cities? I can imagine that must I'm assuming now there are some big metropolitan areas that might be on the on the bad side of things.
1: Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, and there are a couple of in your uh, your neck of the woods. Detroit ranked actually in the the worst in um, best worst cities to drive in out of the hundred we looked at. Yes. Right behind that, 99th um, was San Francisco, and then 98th was Oakland, followed uh, by Philadelphia, Seattle, Boston, uh, and New York. Um, so you have a couple couple cities there that are. Um, kind of in your neck of the woods and, and yes. they're known they're obviously there's a lot of scenery in, in the Oakland San Francisco area but um, I know one one issue that's been a problem for, for that area has been uh, car thefts Yes, um, I, I know I have a friend from college who lives in San Francisco and I think a month or two after he moved there he had his car broken into and golf clubs stolen out of the trunk um, so I mean that's an issue and I think in, out of the 100 uh, cities we looked at, uh, Oakland ranked 98th for for car thefts, so in, that has a lot of car thefts. Um, there are about over 16 car thefts per 1,000 residents in Oakland. Um, and San, San Jose ranked 84th with about 7 per 1,000, and uh, San Francisco ranked 77th with a little over 6. So that's one of the, the big areas that, was hurting kind of the bay area
2: do they have parking in your uh, matrix availability yeah,
1: we, did, we we did look at um at the cost and availability of parking we have um parking lots and garages per capita um let's see here oakland ranks well oakland san francisco are tied for eighth in that so they have a lot um on the other kind of end of the spectrum oh, uh, stockton yeah. Yes. Stockton ranks 97th in that um, category with only about three tenths of a parking garage slash parking lot uh, per person.
0: Well, I have another follow-up to that. Okay. And in terms of um, insurance, now do you do you uh, uh, coordinate, or do you get a lot of feedback, or how is uh, how do, does it reflect if you know people's um, insurance premiums and things like that? Do you hear from a lot of insurance companies?
1: Um, no, because this is all stuff that is tracked. Uh, we we do take kind of insurance premiums um, and that aspect of things into account, um, mm-hmm. such as how punitive the high risk drivers' insurance policies are. Yes. Uh, things like that. But we basically we're, we're not kind of. This isn't a survey necessarily of um, a lot of people's. Like we ask them how much they're paying their car insurance and and how much it goes up after that. We're looking at. Uh, government data on these things, and also publicly available um, data that the insurance companies have put out about kind of their own policy. And a lot, um, I believe, it is based on state laws, so we take that into account as well.
0: Okay, I see. Uh, another thing, I, I just throwing you a little bit of a, a curve here. The the name WalletHub. Uh, it's a very unusual name for a site. And and do you know its genesis? And and uh, what kind of feedback do you get just on the name of the of the site itself? It's it's pretty unique.
1: Uh, well, we started out with a, a credit card comparison site called cardhub.com, and then Wallet Hub was the second um, property, and we, we have since kind of combined them. Uh, but it's basically if you take it as. Um, kind of face value, we want the site to be like your go-to place, your hub for money issues. So you can um, go and compare credit cards, insurance, premiums, loans, what have you. You can get your free credit score updated daily. You can learn a lot. They will have a lot of calculators and tools. Um, So it's basically kind of a one-stop shop is what we're um, going for. And as far as the feedback, I haven't really gotten too much feedback one way or the other in terms of the name um i think people are used to maybe even a lot crazier company names these days sure they seem like they're running it's like horses they're trying they're running out of names and so they have to get weirder and weirder i
0: thought you i thought i thought john i thought you were going to say uh uh, that you developed the name. I was just gonna. I was kind of kind of giving you a prompt to say, sure, it was my name. <laughs> okay. I I, I came put up that with on
1: record. <laughs> okay. For when they make the movie.
0: Yes. Uh. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> well, it gives you a lot of
2: free stuff and, like you say, education on how to w- things that you know affect your wallet. So that's right. Uh, I get it.
0: Uh, yeah. Either either you have a thin wallet or a fat wallet, but you've got all all kinds of stuff to check for your wallet. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty innovative and, and pretty cool name, as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
1: that's that's all that matters.
0: Sure. Now, now, John, in quick, um, what other car area surveys uh, or studies have you worked on? And uh, is there anything on the horizon that you can share that uh, might be in the automotive industry that's that uh, you're going to work on in the future?
1: Um, well, one one sort of study we do a fair amount is, or once a year, um, is how credit scores impact your car insurance premiums. Yes. Um, and so we've we've definitely seen a, a big correlation there. Um, generally, people with excellent credit pay, pay the lowest car insurance premiums, and people with no credit often pay a lot higher. And bad credit as well. Um, so that's one thing I would definitely check out. Um, a lot of people, times people, kind of recognize they might need to improve their credit score, but they don't really kind of realize why if they're not applying for an auto loan or a mortgage anytime soon. But uh, insurance premiums is kind of one of the lesser-known things that will impact you very regularly. I Um, did not know that. (laughs) In early June, we did a... um, study on the uh, best and worst states for summer road trips, which is, is similar to uh, the best and worst cities to drive in, but obviously it's at the state level and with a focus really on kind of uh, summer. So we looked at kind of the, the activities that each state has um, and in addition to cost and safety with the kind of summer perspective. But uh, we we also, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, I guess sure. we do um, uh, an auto financing landscape report. So we look at um, auto loans in a variety of ways. Uh, I believe we do. I need to double check on that. Sure. But we, um, we have kind of a variety of uh, auto loan um, and auto industry uh, studies that we do regularly. Probably not as much as bank accounts and credit cards, but um, still very regularly.
0: Sure. Well, we want to thank John Kiernan uh, today, an, al- an analyst for Wallet Hub. Uh, for being our guest on the weekly driver podcast everybody check out wallethub.com it, it's a pretty comp- it's a very comprehensive website with all things um, including the automotive world, and they also have some surveys on uh, least and most expensive gas and, and, and a bunch of other different areas in the automotive world, of course, with credit and banking and credit unions. they have a, It's a whole variety and a very uh, diverse website. So thanks, John, for being our guest. We appreciate it very much, Thank and uh, thanks, thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay, cheers. Bye-bye now. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Welcome back to part two of the Weekly Driver Podcast. Uh, sometimes things happen pretty quick in the automotive world. And um, last week we talked to a gentleman from the Auction, and I was looking at what else is happening in the world of... Uh, automotive and cars and vintage cars and new cars and all kinds of things in Monterey Auto Week and boy there's some news to talk about well I guess well the first thing is that um, many years ago when I was living on the Monterey Peninsula I had a chance to go to the car races there and now it's been confirmed that um, Indy racing will uh, go back to Laguna Seca in 2019 and there are some very well-known names that race there so Uh, It looks like next September, um, the wonderful world of uh, the IndyCar Series will be back at Laguna Seca Raceway. What do you think about that, Bruce? I think it's great. They haven't been there since 96,
2: and uh, what a great racetrack. I mean, it's an iconic track with the corkscrew and... Uh, you can, it's a big open field. You can walk everywhere
0: around the track. It, it's a good one. Yeah, I think I remember all those years ago, uh, in the mid to late 80s when they had some press conferences, they would bring in Bobby Ray Hall and Danny Sullivan and Michael Andretti and, and uh, little Al and, and uh, guys I didn't really know much about, but when you, when I met them for the first time, Um, Small group of people that what always amazed me about those guys is they're just so calm and their blood pressure must be zero. Those guys just you could ask them anything. And I I remember uh, one time asking Danny Sullivan again, not knowing anything about you know motorsports, I said, uh, uh, Danny, do you think that um, car racing is a sport? And he said, It was, he said, What do you think about doing something for three hours and not stopping? So he answered my question about. You know the athleticism, uh, in, a, in a he was kind to me. I mean, he could have said something nasty, but he saw that I was a young guy and I didn't know anything, so he was a pretty cool guy, as well as uh, Bobby Little Al and um, you know, some of the other guys are Bobby Ray Hall, which is now uh, Letterman Ray Hall or Ray Hall Letterman. So it, it'll be fun, um, with any good luck to go back down there next September and see. You know all the young guys now that have, that have taken over that series. I don't even know that some of the names now with who are really good indie car racers. They're all young guys, right? They're all guys yeah, who, that, yeah. that we, we came up through a different a different generation. But it'll be fun to have that uh, back on the Monterey Peninsula. Now one of the things that are being discussed is that, of course, in Northern California, Monterey being in Central California, Laguna Seca is on kind of the border of Monterey and Salinas. Um, we all have also have IndyCar racing in, at Sonoma, so whether that will be uh, a double dose of uh, California IndyCar racing or if Sonoma will go away. I haven't read any of the news, but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, that's interesting too, but you, you
2: reminded me, uh, drivers. Uh, yes. One of them was, is willpower. Yes. And it, I just recall about probably 10 years ago, I took a Dr. Skip Barber racing school in uh, a driving school down yes. there at Monterey, and guess who one of the uh, instructors was? Ah, there you go. This, this unknown chap named Will Power. Yeah. I remember him saying, "Yeah, I want to drive Indy cars." And I, yeah, sure, kid. Right. But guess what? He's driving Indy cars. He's he kept. He did what he wanted to do. He sure did. So uh, yeah, they're they're putting this date for the September twentieth through the twenty second. Or is the tentative date for yes? And it'll be actually be the the series finale down there. Um, you you mentioned. Sonoma and mm-hmm. that's actually you know that's pretty close. what is that A couple three hundred miles away yeah, yeah it's, it's so pretty... would both races continue? I don't know that might be the end
0: of the Sonoma race might be well I'm sure that there's some you know the old proverbial if we were bugs on the wall of the people who are making the contracts and and the insiders will we'll see what they do but um, that yeah the corks the famous corkscrew at, at at Laguna Seca and all the names that have come through there. Just reading a little bit about it now. It says Bobby Rahal won four races at Laguna's consecutive races. Danny Sullivan, Michael Andretti, Paul Tracy, Brian Herta, Patrick Carpentier. Um, you know, all these are names. Alex Zanardi won the last one there. Uh, so it's, it, uh, It'll be nice when the, the the legend of of that racetrack and and those drivers with the young guys coming through. That'll be. that I I, oh, I may yeah. make make my reservation now for a hotel and go watch it. If not if not report on it. It would be. It'll be. It'll be great. Um, You'd think
2: it'd have to be cheaper to, to go to a track and make up these road courses like they do.
0: That's right. In the streets. My goodness, that's got to be expensive. Yeah. I don't know how that, how that all uh, who works. Who knows? Yeah. But also, um, thinking about Monterey Auto Week, or as it's sometimes called, Classic Car Week, Um, I'm doing some articles for the Monterey paper and and I always love to do the articles about kind of, I don't want to say oddball, but I'm going to say oddball. So one of the articles I just finished up this morning and and turned into my editor was an article on the, the very innovative French car, uh, Citroën, and, uh, it's going to be a marquee at the Concours d'Elegance. And, and it was just a lot of fun to look at the, um, the, the the famous 1955 to 1975, the the DS, and um, depending upon how you looked at it, um, some people thought it was ugly, but uh, many many classic car magazines have named it the most beautiful car and the most innovative car ever designed. Um, French our, French, French you magazine. Mean. Actually, actually, it's a car called Classic Magazine. I saw it this morning, and it is it, it's a British car magazine, and so they named the named it the car the most beautiful car ever made in 1999. But the caveat is that Ferrari got more votes, but the Ferrari votes were divided among a bunch of different styles of Ferrari. So uh, the the DS was the top, to, to the surprise of many people, it was the top. It was named number one, and I've, I've listed, you know, some of the other cars in the story. I wrote uh, the Cord, the Ferrari. Uh, there were a bunch of other different cars in there, but uh, it was a controversial pick. But the more I looked at that car, the more I realized just how uh, futuristic it almost was for its time in 1955, and they made it for for 20 years. Um, so at the Concorde Elegance, they're going to have about a dozen of these c- cars, Um a couple shift, shipped from Belgium. So that'll be really interesting to see. You're kidding me. No. A Ferrari and a
2: Citroën <laughs> in know. the same breath? In the same breath. Isn't that something? Because the ugliest car is the old uh, Citroën 2CV. Yes. The second ugliest car in the world is probably the Citroën DS. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. it makes the Aztec look good,
0: the Pacer look good. Yeah, you think I so? I mean,
2: my goodness. Yeah. Wow.
0: Somebody, okay. uh, other people said that it looked like it was, uh, one, one reviewer said it looked like it was something that was dropped from heaven. So that's a little bit extreme, but I don't know where they came well, up. Well, the name it. is Goddess, right? The, the name is Goddess, that's correct. So there's the there's the tie-in there. In 1955, it, it did have a little arrow look to it. So, yes. So uh, I'll give them that. Right. And it had a lot of innovation, of course, with the... Uh, uh, Semi-automatic transmission, uh, I guess beautiful, uh, unusual steering mechanism that the the, the turn signal indicators were in a very strange position and it was early French everything was uh, unusual. Early early French so well the other thing I I, uh, am going to write about soon and it's another one of the rarities that the Concorde Elegance always seems to find these um, unusual manufacturers to feature so Tucker of course, there was a famous movie made about Tucker. Uh, so the Tucker is going to also be featured at the at the Concord and that's a car that I think they made what less than a hundred of them, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, Even the Tucker looks good compared to a <laughs> uh, DS. So um, anyway, anyway, the the uh, Concord Elegance website has, uh, like a lot of the car show websites, it's just very comprehensive and very detailed, and you can go on there and and you know look at. A variety of cars that are going to be there, whether they're these cars or the different classes, and of course, that air, that show is famous as the finale to Classic Car Week. And there's a, of course traditional Duesenberg's and a bunch of other variety of cars, but um, it, it it serves its purpose as just being the grand finale to all these different shows that. That including what we talked about last week, the Meacham car auction, which is the every man's kind of show that we look forward to seeing.
2: Sure, if you go to a website in, in Monterey and you're looking at uh, car shows to attend down there, um, remember there are a whole bunch of boutique ones that cost and you have to cost a lot of money and you have to you have an invite and all this silliness or you know own, own whatever it is. But there's a lot of free shows too,
0: and and those are the good ones. You were looking at one this morning uh, about porsche uh, yes and that we we, ha- we didn't know much about it but there's um it's called the works w-e-r-k-s yeah. works reunion and it's going to be held on august 24th at uh corral de Tierra country club in salinas free show uh, of all kinds of things to see and obviously uh, the people who are porsche enthusiasts will be there and uh, it looks like a great show that i guess began last year yes um, so we look forward to that. We we don't it. It's one of those areas. They call it Monterey or Classic Car Week, but it's really over ten days. So it's hard. It's not really a week anymore. It's you have to kind of pick and choose um, your time to spend there because you you really can't see everything. Another one we like is called the Tiny Cars or Little Cars. Little Car Show in PG in Pacific Grove. Yes. Um, they Let's kind see. of stretch the supposed to be two thousand CC or less, but they kind of stretch that a little bit and. That's a really low-key... really so you fu- see really a fun. lot
2: of cars you've never seen before. No. Like the, the old ones from the Isle of Man, these little three-wheeled things. Right. Four, some of them have four wheels and a lot of old French cars.
0: Right. They look like miniature Model As. Right. What is the, What was the one called? The King? Something the King... Uh, I don't recall right now. The the King, and there's the the Messerschmitt, right? Um, Yeah. And what other ones are there? Original Honda 600s, that kind of thing. You'll see old Hondas, and of course you'll see, you know, the Sprites. Yeah, all all of those. And, of course, there's also uh, Concord on the Avenue in Carmel, which uh, is usually on a Tuesday morning. And I've been, I don't know, six or seven times now, and it's... The thing I really like about that is you kind of show up in the fog and it's a little chilly, and maybe you have your cup of coffee and then you see the cars rolling and the fog burns away. And it's just, and there's playing, they're playing, usually playing some jazz in the background, and people are out there with their dogs and their cars. And it's, it's a really good car. Carmel- all kinds of cars. All kinds of cars. And it's, remember a couple of years ago we went and the guy drove that Mercedes Benz station wagon? It was a young guy and we I think we all looked at each other and said that's going to be that's going to be the the uh, car of the show and it, it got best honors it was one of a kind mercedes-benz wagon that this guy had restored with his father or his grandfather or maybe both and so that's oh that's always a show that has a bunch of surprises that the ex trans am race cars come <laughs> in with their open exhaust they all parade in right and, uh, later in the day and that's always fun um Uh, What do you call it? The old uh, station wagons, the uh, Woody's. You get a variety of Woody's come in. That's the first time I ever saw Kaiser Darren, which I'm still have a a crush on the an automotive crush on the Kaiser Darren's. And it's all kinds of different vehicles. Yeah, full on race cars. There'll be uh, road road cars, Ferraris. Yeah, another free show. So I mean, the only suggestion is if you're considering going down there. You know the main drag is Ocean Avenue, but if you go in on Carpenter, which is the one street before uh, Ocean that parallels Ocean Avenue, uh, if you look around, you can park, you know, six, eight, ten blocks away, and have a nice little walk into downtown uh, Carmel and and kind of avoid um, the crunch of cars that are coming and going. uh, And you know, get some exercise early in the morning, but but get there early on, on that show. And and as as you mentioned, Bruce, um, you don't have to spend uh, uh, an exorbitant amount of money to go to any of the the more well-known shows. They're perfectly—it's worth spending the money uh, as a, you know, bucket list thing, but the free shows are just fantastic. Right. Yeah, you can go to the Coil for, you know, what are
2: they up to, like a 1000 bucks or something. Yes. That's out of a lot of people's price range. But we also like uh, the—if you want to see a lot of cars— in one place, it'd be to the auction houses. Uh, right. I know, like Mecklen, for example, you can get uh, pre-buy your tickets for twenty bucks. Right. And there's just hundreds and hundreds of cars you get to see. Right. Up close, you know, not, they're they're open to the public. You you can,
0: you know, a lot of the owners are there and. It's a good way to see cars. It, it is a good way to see cars. And, he, and you could even just drive down there and park your car and watch cars. We we went out on, the, on the Highway 68, or no, the, we went out on Carmel Valley Road maybe and stopped and watched one of the parades go by. Of, of, yeah, there's lots bunch. of parades. There's a lot of good car watching. A lot of good car watching. Well, thanks for joining us uh, once again on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Um, for Bruce Aldrich, my name is James Rea. Please visit my website, a newly designed website, theweeklydriver.com. Um, our podcast is available there. The archives of all the previous 45 episodes are available. And uh, I also have a free newsletter sign up uh, and car reviews, of course, uh, on the site. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. The Weekly Driver podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts, from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.